Hey guys, it's Donna Rudowitz and Linda Downey, and we're here for our spiritual spa day. Woo, this was Linda's idea, and I have to say, it couldn't have come at a better time. I could use an hour out of the day to rest in spirit, to rest in peace. So I'm so excited you brought this to the table for today. Yeah, it actually even wasn't my idea, Hallie, that we, you and I both know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, that's a great idea, spiritual spa day. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that in a couple minutes when we give people some time to get on, I, yeah. I think it might be nice to actually start with just grounding ourselves and coming into the space and coming into our breath. What else would you do on a spiritual spa day? But start with that. And then just really talk about I think actually right now, Donna, the, where we're at, and certainly in this country this week of yeah. this election week, like just to come in and center and remember what we love about ourselves, what we love about our country, what we love about our culture, collectively, all the good things that we are. I think that that would serve me well. So that's what, mm -hmm. that's what I think. You know, I have, I do have an example of something like that that one of my clients recently shared. And she was having just a tough day, right? So with, like you said, the climate of what's going around in the country and work was a little bit of a difficult day. She was having difficult time. Just, you know how like you wake up one of those mornings and it doesn't seem to flow. No matter what you do, you're, you're stubbing your toe. The toothbrush falls in the toilet bowl. <laughs> you get behind the bus on the way to work, like all of those things. So she decided that she was going to go down to the beach. And I guess in California, she lives in California, there's meters by the beach so when you park you have to make sure you have you know your meter full well she must have forgot to either fill the meter or she didn't fill it long enough but when she came back there was a note on her car that said you know your me i saw your meter was low i saw that you didn't have any money i filled it for you i hope you had a really great day and that was it like so it was that random act of kindness that was so beautiful and i think that when we focus on the kindness and the spirit and the peace that's where we tend to at least this is what i believe is where we tend to um really activate that spirit of the soul right that spiritual spa soul day that we're talking about but when we tend to focus on the problems or the pressures and i'm not saying to ignore them and put your head in the sand but when it becomes the only focus that you have and that's all you're seeing well then more problems seem to occur with that, right? So one problem, and they almost multiplied. Remember the show Gremlins? We're going to date ourselves if we remember Gremlins. Do you remember Gremlins? And we're like, don't get the Gremlins wet because if you wet a Gremlin, they just multiply. Isn't that apropos for a toxic thought? Yeah. You get one toxic thought and they multiply into a million other toxic thoughts. Yeah, and that actually... I, I want to keep going with that conversation. I would love to do a meditation. Do you see our people on at this point? Do you think yep, we have people on? Yep. We could go ahead and do the meditation. Okay. Yep. So, um, and then I want to pick up that conversation. I just, I just felt like we could keep talking about that and then 20 minutes go, and we could really do a meditation whenever, but yeah, no, I think, I think let's do the meditation. Um, and tell me a little bit about this meditation. Cause I'm curious what this will, what the whole purpose of this is and what this will help us do and what would the outcome be? Okay. So I just thought it might be a nice idea to start with a meditation where we're going to drop into our heart. So the purpose, of, there's a, a couple of things in my mind is to get present to, um, to just to love, to get present mm -hmm. to love, to drop into our hearts. Mm -hmm. so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to leave the med meditation. And so that's where I'm going to take us. Um, I'm going to put some music on. We'll see if that works with this multiple technology thing I got going on here. Okay. Sounds good. Doesn't like tell me right away because I don't want it to be distracting. And then, yeah, and it's just going to be a couple of minutes that can then, I think, lead us into a conversation from a different place than yep. where people might be clicking in from wherever they are. And got you it. as well, you and I as well. Okay. All right. So, what do you want us to do? You lead and I will follow. Okay, my friend. Okay. So I just want everybody to, before I turn the music on, just get comfortable wherever you are. Um, just get your body rested, feel the support of whatever you're sitting on, feel your muscles relax. 
to start to let some tension out and I'm going to get some music going. And I'm gonna close my eyes as we go through it because that helps me as well. So I just want you to start going inward. Bring your attention behind your eyeballs, going inward. And then notice your breath as you take a nice deep breath, inhale in. And then you're gonna blow out. And again, as you inhale, the cool air coming in through your nose. And then exhale, you can through your mouth if that's comfortable. And as you continue to focus on your breaths, I just want you to feel the tension in your neck and shoulders. And let your neck and shoulders just relax down. Let that tension melt away as you move your attention down your body. Letting wherever you are support you so that your muscles don't need to do any work. And as you take another deep breath, I want you to picture a beautiful rose at the center of your chest right where your heart would be. So picture a rose at the center of your chest and in the center of that beautiful rose, whatever color it is, beautiful pink color, I want you to see the face of someone you love so very dearly. So at the center of that beautiful pink rose is a beloved face of someone so dear in your heart. And I want you to see that face. Think of how much you love that person and let your body and your spirit be filled with love in the moment. Then I want you to take your eyes and move up from that beautiful pink flower in your heart space and take your eyes up to the top of your head. And at the top of your head, I want you to see a beautiful white flower sitting on the top of your head. And that white flower is going to open to the universe above us. And I want you to see white light, beautiful white light coming down from the heavens into the white flower on the top of your head. And as you gaze at that white flower and the white light coming down, and you remember the pink flower at your chest, the beautiful loved one that whose face is there. Take another, another deep breath and just feel your body relax even more. And now I want you to take your gaze in your mind's eye about two feet in front of you. I want you to see the earth, the size of a baseball, two feet in front of your body. So it's like you're in outer space looking down at the beautiful planet Earth. You can see the beautiful blues of the oceans. You can see the beautiful green of the forests. You can travel in your mind's eye from every land and see the creatures that live in the different countries, the people that depend on the Earth life. And as you look at this planet Earth two feet in front of your body, I want you to take the white light coming down from the heavens 
and the pink light coming out from your heart and send both of those lights directly towards the planet Earth so you see the Earth the size of a baseball wrapped in beautiful glowing pinkish white light. And you're sending your love to the Earth and you're sending healing light to the Earth Remembering that we all live here, that we all depend on this beautiful Mother Earth to support us, to take care of us, and that we each depend on each other to live here and take care of each other. Just take a moment and send your pinkish white light to this planet and let your body feel that love. You're just going to take another deep breath and bring your attention back to yourself. In a moment, we're going to open our eyes and move forward with our conversation. But we're going to do it from a place of relaxation, a place of loving each other and this earth that we live on, and a place of being present in our body and in our spirit. So when you're ready, open your eyes. I almost don't want to open my eyes. I liked that. That was beautiful. Good. Kind of helpful, right? Just to just to yeah. get and look at the big picture, you know, of where we are and who we are and our collectiveness. So yeah, good. Wonderful meditation. Thank you. You're welcome. I actually, that's adapted from a prana meditation, P-R-A-N-A. Mm -hmm. Very healing. Um, the purpose is to heal globally and to use universal universal healing. So that that's where that's from. I didn't make it up. You know what I felt when you were kind of guiding us to the, the white on top of the head and then the pink rose in the heart is I naturally began to see a like a plumb line a very tight plumb line that we're, we're, we're that we're kind of aligning those two and I could feel the alignment oh good yeah I wanted people to get present first to love so I think by visualizing someone that you love you know a child that you have or you know your partner or your parents somebody that you really like from your core love so when you see that face you get yep. present you, you know, your, your feelings, because we, you know, here it is the middle of the day, people have been doing whatever, whatever they're doing. And it's, you know, oh, let me hop on and listen to something, but to really just stop and get present. So I think that's helpful. Um, and, and then to remember that we are all connected, we're universally connected, yeah. always have access to that white healing light, whenever we, you want. know, I think when you're saying that, like the whole, the whole concept of the spiritual spa day is, to reconnect us to spirit and, 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 and not be untethered. Right. And I think that little example of, even if you don't have a meditation to follow, which now you could, there's, I use, I mean, I know there's calm.com. Um, there's, there's a few others that are out there that you could use, but even if you don't have a meditation and you just sit and ground yourself where you're at, even if you're at your desk or it doesn't matter where you're at and just do that breathing technique. That's an amazing technique just to clear the, the, whatever the chaos is of the day and to reground yourself into spirit. Yeah. And the breathing, there's a lot of different breathing techniques, mm -hmm. but I'd like to talk about it from a health perspective because yeah. when we are in fight or flight, and for my people that I work with, that's a huge part of 
health issues. We need to get out of fight or flight and into rest and digest for our bodies to heal. Mm -hmm. We're constantly in fight or flight. So one way that you can do that is your breath. Because mm -hmm. think about it, if you're running from a tiger, you're not doing deep, slow breathing. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because when, so my brother had passed away tragically three years ago and it was one of those moments of, of time where you just, I was in complete chaos and complete grief. And I had a lot of presenting physical issues because of the grief, right. That were showing up. So a friend of mine had recommended to me that to this, a local nurse practitioner who does a very gentle kind of healing. And I thought, well, why not? Right. Like I'm, I, why not see if there's something that could help me kind of move through this grief. And I didn't even say a word to her, but as she's listening to my breathing before we even got into everything, she asked me what I was grieving about. Uh. And she said, because your, your breath is very shallow. You're taking those quick, 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 quick breaths. You're not taking the, 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 the deep or even the slower breath. So I, it's kind of interesting how, and I, I know I was in fight or flight, right? I definitely was in that, right. that mode. So right. it's, it's interesting how the breath really does kind of align with where we are. Yeah. And if you, if you don't know how to stop your thoughts, you can go to your breath because that's going to force your body physiologically to leave the sympathetic yep. nervous system and go into the parasympathetic nervous system. It's just, it makes your body have to do that. And now that you're, you're working on the physiology, you can also start to implement the, the thoughts. Sometimes we try to do the opposite. We try to do the thoughts first and we just can't get them to settle down. Right. So by, by doing the breath first and getting the physiology plus you're focusing on your breath so that yeah. you, you know, you're not, you're not focusing on the thought you're focusing on the breath. Cause that's, that's something that I struggled with. I would say, you know, let's say it was a thought that I had with my ex-husband, something that was bothering me. And I would then say, okay, I'm not going to think this thought. Don't think this thought. And then the, I would, oh, what I, what I do, I would think the thought. And then I would be mad at myself for thinking the thought. Yes. And then that would cause a whole nother loop. And before you know it, there was this just the circle of this loop. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 kind of and then it keeps you in the the conundrum. Yeah. Here's a here's a great tool that I use that I think um is pretty easy to do and visualize. If I think of my body as the vehicle yep. and my thoughts are the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. So the steering wheel gets the car where it's going. Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't get in a car. If you've got to drive from point A to point B, you wouldn't get in a car and drive, right? To get to point, you would, you would go. You would use your steering yep. wheel. You use your steering wheel to get the vehicle where it right, was. To refine it, yep. So use your thoughts to create yeah. and focus on what you want. Mm. rather than allowing the thoughts to go all over the place because they the thoughts are the focus right they're the steering wheel so if the thoughts are my ex-husband blah 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 now you're over there mm -hmm. right? now you're over here so um so when i when i got that visual now when thoughts come i'm like hold on i don't want that driving my car right yeah. I, i'm now you get to make a choice i'm not driving that car mm-hmm yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and it's maybe, you know, things that are easy to do, like breathing practices regularly, they're also easy not to do. Because yes, they don't they're, easy. Mm -hmm. right? they're easy to, to sort of pass up, say, Oh, you know what, I'm running late today. You know, the cat just threw up on the floor. I've got, you know, you, you could, there's a million things you could say why well, you're not going to do it. Right. But I find like, in, unless it's, it's sort of inherent in my day. I won't necessarily do those types of things. Right. Unless I'm making it a practice. Right. And, and when we think of that, like what, what are the practices that we make in our day? I think about what do I want to invest my time in? So the languaging here I think is helpful and important. Thousand percent is not how we're spending our time or what we're going, it's how we're investing our yeah. time. Because that's really the only currency we have. The only currency we have is the present moment. So each minute and each second is worth a tremendous amount. And how we're going to be investing it is gonna is 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 how we get to choose 
how we're investing it. Yeah, because you never get it back, right? So time is one one thing that you never ever get back. Yep. And when you put something on your to-do list or you choose to do something, the price of that are all the things that are you can't do in that moment, right? Those are the things that you're saying no to because you're saying yes to this. So when you when you're choosing what do I want to say yes to, or when I'm choosing what I want to say yes to, mm -hmm. it's hard to look at that because the and the languaging, like we said. So if people are, you know, if you find yourself constantly saying, I need to make time for this. Oh, I should make time for exercise. Oh, I should make time. You can't make time. That's right. You can only choose where to invest your time. So is your investment of your time and your choice getting back what you want? You know, no judgment, just is it mm -hmm. getting what you want or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a couple of thoughts that I have about, um, well, do you find, do you find it, because I've been on both sides of the coin, right? So I've been on the side of the coin where life had me by the horns per se. And I've been on, on the other side of the coin where I really felt more in the flow where I, I could never say I could control life, but I felt in tune with life. And that manifestation or goals or desires that I was looking to achieve when I was on the chaos side, it was hard it was difficult. It was what I would consider to be painful. Maybe it took a really long time and things didn't manifest really to the best of its ability. Maybe I, I got a crumb here or there. Now on the other side, when, when I felt, when I was in tune with life and I was out of that fight or flight mode, when I'm consistently doing the breathing, bringing myself into the parasympathetic nervous system, into managing the thoughts that I have, the manifestations come faster and easier, almost as if you can't believe how fast they could come. And almost as if you're like, wow, I was just thinking about this yesterday and it's already presenting. It's already here where in the past it may have taken years and years. And when you're in flow and you're in that, that spot, how fast it could happen. Do you find the same thing? Is that, is that kind of been your experience as well? Yeah. Kind of fun um, when that happens. But I, I find for me, when I try to make it happen or I'm spending a lot of energy figuring out how, like, let's just say I have an outcome that I want to have. How am I going to do that? What should yeah. I be doing? You know? And isn't that what we always do? Isn't that, isn't that what we say? Here's my outcome. And then right away we, we go into how am I going to do it? How, where am I going to find it? What do I need to do? Who do I need to bring into this? And we begin to think about the challenges that will come into, into play, how much it's going to cost, how hard it's going to be, how much time it's going to take. Yep, exactly. Right, we go into that, that thinking part. Yep. Yep. Then we have a whole cover. I have a whole conversation mm -hmm. around, do I think I can do it? Maybe why I can't do it or, but when I have a goal and I just go, I'm going to focus on that goal. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to show up from. I'm not really sure of, you know, yeah. what to do, but I'm just going to trust that it's coming. Then, then I'm sort of getting myself out of the way. And I'm just, you know, I think when you created the banner for it to announce this conversation, um, you put something about, flow right about yes flow. yes and that's that's the hustle versus the flow the work versus the ease the masculine not that um masculine feminine just has so much other connotation but the masculine tends to be the work part. yeah it tends to be the workhorse sure mm -hmm. right? and and so in my life i've been mostly very masculine like white knuckling it getting it done pushing through and um and it's you know, here I am, 56, happy to be learning how to be a little more feminine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think having oh, that, <laughs> having having that feminine, because I think it's both sides. It's like the yin and the yang. You know, it's up and there's down. There's yeah. black and there's white. There's hot and there's cold. So the dichotomy is needed. And you know, you going back to the concept of the spiritual spa day, and going back to the concept of um, the hustle versus flow is there are times to hustle and there are times to flow, right? There are times where, you know, you're getting in there and you're going to be, you know, the focus and the intention is there. But I think there's effective ways and there's ineffective ways. 
right? Yeah. So it, b- believe it or not, the, and I think it's, it has to start with our core belief systems, what we call global core belief systems. So for instance, my global core belief system is everything always works out for me. Mm. It's a good one. Life is good. All is well. Because even though I may not feel, and those words, all is well, have got me really through so many difficult times. Because even though we feel life may not be going well, and even though we feel that we're experiencing struggle, because your physical world, you may actually really be experiencing struggle. So it's not necessarily just a feeling, it's it's your reality. However, if we look at the global universe, the universe is never out of order. It is never out, out of balance. Heaven is never going to go bankrupt, right? There's, there's never a part of this earth that isn't in the balance that it needs to be. So we, we're feeling and we're making meaning to our feelings where when we could just ground into where our true energy comes from, the spirit, and we could ground into it with that all is well, and the breathing and the and the and the flow into it. See, so many times I think struggle comes if you kind of think of a hose when you pinch off the hose to spirit and you try to do it on your own, mm. right? If you think about like if you've ever watered flowers and you pinch the hose because you don't want so much water to come out, but not so, and then you let go of the hose and the water flows. Yeah. It, it's the same thing. We pinch ourselves off from spirit and we go out there and you said the white knuckle and we try and we try and we try. I have a great example for that. Yeah, I would love to hear that. <laughs> it's a little bit of a story. Yeah, but, I love um, stories. Okay, so I live in a 120-year-old house, a big mm-hmm. old Victorian with a wraparound. I didn't know you lived in a, in, an, in like a, a historic home because I would. that's a historic home, right? Correct? Is that? Well, yes, it is. It's, yeah, it's like it was built in, I think, 1903. Yep. So, um, yeah, definitely looks historic. <laughs> anyway, so when we bought it um, 19 years ago, it needed a lot of work. And the 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 back of the house had been a back porch, and mm-hmm. they converted it to their kitchen. I think mm-hmm. it was built. The kitchen was in the basement, like a nasty oh. basement. Oh, wow. I think yeah. back in the day, kitchens were in the basement. Yeah. So this was... Um, the back porch. So the back porch, it wasn't very big. It was a porch, just like a rectangle. And it also had no foundation under it. So it was mm. cold. There was no heat in the in the kitchen. And then in the summertime, the sun came through, so it was hot. Okay. So that's my kitchen. You know about my daughter Charlotte, right? Yes. My daughter. Um, so my so for those who don't, I um I have a daughter who passed away a year and a half ago now and was born with a lot of health conditions. And at some point, several years ago, I we made the dining room of this old Victorian her bedroom because mm-hmm. I couldn't carry her up and down the stairs anymore. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to the kitchen though. Since the minute we moved in, I was working hard on getting a new kitchen. I used to draw, how could we do it? But all of our money and resources went really to Charlotte's medical. Of course, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of the she was born two years after we moved into the house. So all mm. the plans that I thought when I moved in went out the window. Yep. So I hated that kitchen. I hated cooking in it in the summer. It was hot. I hated it. But I and so fast forward to we moved Charlotte down to the dining room and we're living in with this situation and a local organization hears about Charlotte and um, she had gotten cancer and so they called me and they said we heard somebody told them about us that you have this daughter that's you don't um you know she doesn't really have a bedroom we have somebody who wants to come and see if they can help you like with a bathroom on the first floor we didn't have a bathroom on the first floor Mm -hmm. bathing her Mm -hmm. with a tub so the guy comes and there's a lot a lot of details about this but let me just shortchange it he looks around and he goes you need way more than a bathroom and i'm like I knew I knew it was too big of a project, right? This is a hundred yeah. year old who wants to take out. He goes, "Oh, I'm not saying that. This is what we need to do. We need to rip off this kitchen because it's a stupid back porch anyway. 
We need to build your daughter a bedroom and a bathroom, a handicapped bathroom, and then we're going to give you a new kitchen there in the dining room. Oh That's my! And I was like, "What? <laughs> you say, what? Are you wait? Come again? Who shows up at your house and says we're going to do this renovation? Yeah, and it's going to include a new kitchen. It's all about your daughter and creating a space for her. But while we're doing it, you're going to have a new kitchen." Oh and that's my gosh. Linda, that's an incredible story. Yeah, oh, there you are. For I'm years I was working on it, wishing, you know, all of that. And this man Frank shows up and he takes a look around. He's like, and 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 then this whole massive fundraiser with this organization that was like a $250,000 renovation. Oh that they my gosh. Fundraising for us. And that's the kitchen that I have now. So my point that's uh, to me, when I get into like when I, in my head and I go things, you know, this is too hard or whatever. I go, hold on, Linda, who shows up and gives you a kitchen? Like oh. that was the universe listening to but i kept figuring yes. out yes. how to do it. how can we come up the money you know blah, blah blah and in the end i didn't have to come up with anything it was it was brought in and given to us and i love that you say that because in our minds we were taught in order to have something or in order to um, get something, there has to be this logical way to get it, right? You have to do the white knuckling, that it has to cost, like you have to exchange dollars, that it has to be done hard in a particular way, it has to be hard work. And why? It doesn't need to be that way, right? And that's the question that we now know how to ask ourselves when we say, can the, you know, is this hard? We could ask, or, you know, is this too hard or can this be done? And we ask according to who? Because according to us, yeah, it may not be possible. According to the universe, anything is possible. And that's a perfect example. Like I, I'm going to give you another, can I give you, can I share a story with you that I found fascinating? So yeah. before I do, um, I just want to show Suzanne, um, Pucciarella, I think I said it right. I don't know. I hope I did, Suzanne. So uh, please excuse me if I did not say your last name right. But we were talking about the mama bear, right, where her energy was more masculine than it had to be. And now that she's learning more mindfulness, appreciation of the little things, and restoration of self and me time and faith, right? Suz she also wrote Faith Matters 100%. And it's the faith. And when I say faith, I'm not talking about, it does not have to be religious faith. It can be, but it's the faith in believing in there's something greater than you, right? That universal connection that we are all tethered to, that we are never alone, that anytime we feel alone is because that's what our society has conditioned us to feel. And our society has conditioned us in a way to be, kind of be very separate when we're not, we're all very much together. And I think when we feel together and there's a belonging and there's a family in spirituality in in just connection with people and it, it could just be someone you run into at the drugstore the local drugstore going to pick up a prescription right it could be someone you're talking to at the grocery line at the grocery store all of those little connections there's no coincidences but what it does is it brings us back to the belonging because that the chaotic feelings and the distress and the fight or flight, again, these are all learned and conditioned responses that we just haven't shut the switch off for. And when we feel alone, it's very scary. Yes. But when we feel connected, we feel peaceful. But going back to the story that I was gonna share with you was very early on in my divorce journey, um, there was a time where I wasn't working, I was consulting, but I really wasn't working because I, was, I had made the choice that I wanted to be home for my girls. and put them on the bus, take them off the bus and have dinner with them every single night. It was a commitment that I just, there was no other way I was going to do anything around it. So no matter what job I was going to take, this is what I was doing. I was taking, making sure they got on the bus, off the bus and having dinner in between. So needless to say, I was in between. I was just really getting into that sort of part of my life. And I had a car that was coming up for lease. Now I could handle the lease payment, no problem. But because of the divorce and because of a couple of other things, my credit had taken a hit. So I started getting fearful. 
how am I going to get a car? What happens if I go to the car place and I go to lease a car and they tell me no because I have bad credit? Like that would, that would I, I don't know, that would have been terrible for me. I would have been so embarrassed, right? So I started becoming very worrisome and fearful. And I began to stop because that was right around the time my mom gave me the book, The Secret, which just came out of nowhere. So it, it was sort of learning about just the power that we have within us and understanding that there's more to life than what we think. Anyway, long story short, um, I just had the faith that I was going, that this car, that I was going to buy out this car, that I wasn't getting, that I was, because this was a great car. There's no reason I needed to go for another lease. I was going to buy out that car. That was my faith. I didn't, so days kept coming closer and close. I would look at my bank account, still the same amount, nothing changed. I'm like, oh my, and then, so it came to day five, it came to day four, it came to day three. And every day I would wake up and I would say, I am so happy and grateful now that my car is 100% paid off. I am so happy and grateful now that I have a safe car to drive the girls around with, that it is is my wonderful car. I love it. And I, that's all I kept saying. So let's say the payoff amount was $5,741 or just like that to be exact. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, it was like the, the day, the day before I was supposed to turn in this car. Because then I was like, if I, don't, if I don't pay it off, then I'm just turning it in and I don't know what I'm going to do for a car. The day like before, my mother calls me out of nowhere and says, do you remember my aunt so-and-so? And I said, of course I remember her because she, she had passed away many years ago. They had cleared her estate. All of that was taken care of. There was nothing that was left. Well, she says, I got a letter in the mail the other day that there was a little bit left of the estate and I'm splitting it with you. And your part of the check is $5,741. And I'm talking the amount that I had to pay off to my half. And I kid you not, that was the moment that I knew. I said, there is no possible way this could be explained. There's, I cannot, it was no, there was no way I could, I couldn't, I could deny the power of the universe or power of God or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I did, I ended up, I went the next day, I gave him the check, paid off the car. And I had that car for many, many years. I love that story. I love that story because of the exactness of it. It was the ex you know? exact. Do you ever do that too? When you think about numbers, like, let's say you're thinking about fives and then you go to the supermarket and your, your, your bill comes out to five, five, five. Or you'll go to the gas station and the amount of gas that you have in gallons is five and a half gallons of gas. How the numbers show up in exactness in life. Yeah, sometimes I, I don't notice numbers as much probably as I oh, should. Oh, I'm a big I number person. I, um, yeah, I notice them. Situations and I probably need to pay attention more to numbers, but, and I'm sure everybody listening and think of a time could, could probably contribute some story to this conversation because we all mm -hmm. have to be present and notice yeah. and away from the fight or flight, that busyness. I think I'm losing you, Linda. I'm sure you're right there, but we are losing you. The great power of technology. While we're waiting for Linda to join us back, because I know she'll be right back. Um, I know, Suzanne, you mentioned you see double and triple numbers all the time, and me too. And there's the whole angelic realm that sort of will, you know, if you see ones that has a specific meaning, if you see twos, if you see threes, fours, five, six, seven, eight, nines, and then the combination of putting those together have very specific meanings. So for me, um, when I see those numbers, I know my angels are near because it's a way that it's, I'm aware. It's a way for my angels to connect with me when I see the numbers. Yep. You see the one, one, ones, one, one, ones are awesome. 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 Um, going back into, I know Linda, again, well, she, I'm sure she'll be right back. She'll be posting in here. But before we got on the spiritual spa day, Linda and I were, were talking about how can we make every day a spiritual spa day where it doesn't just have to be today. It just doesn't have to be in this moment. Like what are some tools that we could do every single day to make our day a spiritual spa day? 
And the one of the things that comes to my mind is the first thing that we have to do is make a decision, not not just figuring out where we're going to fit in our me time and our time to meditate or a time to be quiet is actually fitting the entire day around that. So for instance, I have tried to spend some quiet time in the afternoon, in the evening, um, and at all times in between. But for me, what my most precious time is, is I wake up about five or let's say 445 every morning. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm up out of bed, I'm not getting up and making coffee, but that's my time where I'm just being. I'm not looking at my phone, I'm not getting up to use the restroom, I'm not going on my Instagram, my Facebook, I'm not looking at work emails. It's just a time where, as Linda said before, where she had the white light on top of the head and she had the pink in the heart, and those were connected, that's my time where I feel connected. But that's the only time of that day where I feel that I could have that space where the family isn't awake and people haven't been rustling around, that it's my only time to be quiet. Linda, I was just talking about how we can make spiritual spa day a daily practice, not just a one-time practice. So what are some things that we can do where every day could be our, our time to not necessarily say, how am I going to fit my me time in more or less it's how am I going to fit my life around my me time yeah well um it's so great because I actually wrote a couple things down before we got on and I'm glad yeah. I could connect back on I didn't know I know I'm glad to see you back I knew I knew I was losing you I saw it go and I was like she's she's gonna up yep she's yeah. gone <laughs> so um I think there's in terms of time, so we, and and we'll tie it into fitting in spiritual practices. Yeah. One thing that I do though is um, I found this actually when I was really in the throes of taking care of Charlotte. I've had very little time to myself, so what I created was um, taking a hot shower in the dark. Ooh, that for me the sensory I of like no that. light. Yeah, because I wouldn't even have time for a bath right you'd like to say oh do the whole bath thing yeah. but i would maybe leave the hall light on so i could actually not kill right myself. so you have some <laughs> so you don't fall into the shower door <laughs> yeah but then be in the shower in the dark and just take an extra five minutes to stand there with the dark and the water and the warmth um, and that to me, I would get out of that and feel like I had been on vacation sometimes. No, I am actually going to try that. I think that's a fabulous idea just yeah. to, because I know, like, you know, and you, you picked up and coined it perfectly, which is the sensory piece. So when we, we don't have the stimulation of the light in our eyes, we could really relax into the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that worked yeah. for me anyway. That was one thing that I used to just do regularly. I, I, I again, I want to. I wrote a couple things down, but another thought I just had was sometimes I would get in my car and say, "I need to run to the store." I didn't need to run to the store. I didn't need to get anything. But yeah. I would drive even, or if I was heading somewhere, I would stop two blocks, you know, out first and just park and yep. put my seat back. Maybe set the alarm on my phone and take five minutes of me time before mm -hmm. I will the next day. You know what? I'm just going to have, I have to put this up because Suzanne said something that's so important, nurturing water is very womb like. And in my practice as a licensed clinical social worker, one of the theories that we use is a womb theory. And that me meaning that uh, sometimes as women, we need to be in the womb that there's, there's, there's a lot that's going on around us that we were overstimulated that it's very hard to get that that to destimulate, but when you're in that womb-like environment, it allows us to go back into soul and spirit. Right. And water is very womb-like, you know, especially if you could when you submerge your head under the water. I know baths may not be for everyone, but if you think about that, if you're when you were a little kid, how amazing was that? When you were in a pool, I remember doing this as a young girl. My friend had an underground pool, and I was I loved her house because I, I just want to go to my friend Kim's house. I just want to go to my mother. Was like, what do you want to do today? I want to go to Kim's house because I just wanted to go in her pool, and she had this beautiful tree that overlooked the pool, and I would just go under the water. And of course, my eyes would be open, and I would be just looking up, but I would hear nothing and just see this wonderful reflection. Yeah. of the tree yeah yeah so as adults it's like and especially moms we have so much that we're taking care of 
yeah. so many other people. So those were little ways that I found to try to just take care of myself in the midst of the whole day. But um, what I wrote down when I was prepping for our conversation was a couple of things. These are less what to do and more like to look at your time and maybe how you could shift your time so that you have more time for yourself. Mm. So, um, you know, identifying the things that you do over and over and over again. So how could you maybe condense them so you're not doing them the same thing over and over, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, having boundaries around your time. Mm. It's hard for moms, right? Because kids come running in whenever they want to come running I think it's hard for women in general moms especially but and women in general we tend to be more of the nurturer and do for other people and we will and and I remember someone had said this to me that if, as a as a woman you know it doesn't matter you know you could be a mom you could be a professional at work but you're making appointments for other people but when it comes time to yourself you probably didn't make your follow-up appointment for your yearly medical, you know, you probably didn't do your dental cleaning appointment yet. Cause it's, and you, when you look back, you're like, wow, you know what? Yeah. Pretty, pretty accurate. We yeah. tend to put other people's time as more important than our own. And that's where the, we need to flip the switch and your time is, is, is more important is, is actually equally important, but probably more important because if you're not operating at the best you could possibly be, then you're not showing up in the way that God and the universe need you to be. Right. You, you may be missing missing things along the way because just because of pure exhaustion. Yeah. Because you're not aware, you're not able to see it. And it's not just time, it's also resources. Yeah. yeah. With people who, you know, if their child had health issues, they would move heaven and earth to yep. do whatever they needed. But they have health issues and they'll sort of keep trying to figure it out or keep trying. I, to oh my gosh, I see that all the time. So in my tribe, I will have women who I will get on a conversation with them. And for me, when I have a, someone who potentially wants to work with me or join Divorcing Gracefully and Beyond, I offer a free breakthrough to life and love call. And that's just an opportunity for me to con you know connect with them and see if I'm a good fit and, and vice versa. And I can't tell you how many times that they've, they've got where they're, let's say, 50s, 60s, they're post-divorce, they really want to have love again, they want to have that, that, that connection, they want to ditch the loneliness, right, for true connection and love, they want to travel, they want all of these wonderful things that this is what we want, but the past has, has kept them in the same position for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they want this new version of themselves, they don't want to live the past. Right. And, and, and you'll talk to them and they'll say, oh, well, I just, you know, I helped my daughter move in their house. I gave her $15,000. I just helped my friend, you know, she needed a car. So I helped her with the car. Okay, well, here's the investment for the program. I can't do that. Right. And, 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 it, and it's not that it's bad. There's no judgment. Right. But when it comes to investing in ourselves, it's like, oh, I can't do that. But why? Why can't we do that? Why haven't we been taught as women? This is a very good question. Why haven't we been conditioned as women that we matter, we value, and we need to invest in ourselves? That right. it's an honor and it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to do. It's not a risk. Like, see, I think that women we think that investing ourselves is a risk or it's a it's a waste or that we could do it our own, that we could do it ourselves. I mean, how many times do we think, oh, I can handle that? I mean, I remember this comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. I don't know if you ever follow him. Oh, I have heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hilarious. So he talks about how when his parents come over, he has parent price and the real price. Because the parent, like his father's like, oh, what did that run you? Like, oh, that painting over there? What did that run you? He's like, there's no way I could tell my dad what that painting really costs. Like a hundred bucks, right? Because even though it costs like 5,000 probably. Because his dad's always like, well, I could do it. I could do it myself. So he said his dad came over the other day and he had a toothache and he had a crown. He's like, I got to go to the dentist. I don't want to go to the dentist. He's like, so the dentist, he went. Dentist told him he needed a crown. It was going to be $5,000. And he's like, I could do it myself. And Sebastian's like, you could do crowns now? Like, you're going to make your own crown? Like, when did you become a dentist? Yes. 
<laughs> and that, that is what we do. It's like, you know, we look at it and we're like, oh, I can't handle this myself. Or I could, you know, I'm going to use my circle of friends to really, you know, kind of take me to the next level. level. Or I'm going to read this book. This is a really good book. None of those are essentially bad things. But what ends up happening is, how's that worked out for you? Right? You've been doing it for 10, 15 years. Nothing has changed. Your life is exactly the same. And it's not just the money that's the investing. It's investing like in the time, you know, absolutely time, money. But I I think if, yeah, I, I, for me though, I would say my number one thing that I hear is, Oh, I can't invest in myself. Like it's, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. 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 But I mean, an investment in the time as well, like, you know, just putting the time aside. So maybe to work with you or, or to do daily meditations, right? That's an investment right. in time. That's yeah. doing something else that you can't do during that time because you're going to do this. Well, I think it comes to the that that point where it's, are we going to make the decision to do what's the best for us? And how do we do it? And how do we learn how to do it? Because I know for me, it took me many years to develop this muscle in myself where I value myself. I value my time. I will absolutely take time to start my day and meditate first before I do anything else. And I will not feel guilty about it. I just, it's a decision because it's very, very important to me. Right. So I think if we, when we learn and, but I, I will say it took me time to develop that because in the beginning I would say, well, when I get up, maybe let me just go get the kids set and I'll get their lunch ready and then I'll go back to it. But guess what happened? I never went back to it. Yes. Yep. And then the next day would be the same thing. And 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 so it's it's a reconditioning that we have to do that's very uncomfortable because I can't tell you for how many months that my mind was going, I could be doing this, I could be doing that, I should be doing this, right? All the would have, could have, should haves, all of those talks that we have right. you know, that tell us how, what we're doing wrong and, and how to be this better person. Um, I don't know if I'm veering off our spiritual spa day, but. No, 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 that's fine. That's exactly. And I was looking at what else I was going to say. So like having boundaries around your time so that you can put things um, that are going to return Mm -hmm. you to yourself and and nurture your spirit. Um, I think our whole economy is built around people being in fight or flight. People stressed because when you're stressed, you don't have the capacity to be creative, right? If you're running from a tiger, you're not planning. You're not going to say, oh, let me take out my Marjan set. <laughs> I'm not going to, let me knit today or let's play some cards or, you know, yeah, absolutely. Creativity. No noticing the beauty. You're running through the forest. You're not mm-hmm. noticing the forest. You're running for your life, right? But you're looking how to survive. That's it. You're looking. Yeah. Yep. And then we make decisions on buying. So our economy is based on you know, getting you in that fight or flight, and then you're just going to make decisions about buying, you know, whether it's food, just grabbing something, not thinking about what's healthy and what you really, what really suits your plan for yourself. Buying, um, or, I mean, look at all of the different parts of our culture. Think about the gaming industry. Think Mm -hmm. about, right, even Amazon, for that matter, you know, and all the buying and the purchasing that we could do. And the commercials are geared to that, that when you're watching, that's why it's called programming. It's programming you. So when you're watching commercials, you go, oh, I think I need that. Oh, I think I need that. Because we're in fight or flight. And and you only see what they want you to see. I'm going to show you an example. I want you to read this for me. Would you do me a favor? Sure. Okay. So what does this say? Hold on. Can you read it? Paris in the, the spring. See, you, my friend, are amazing. You know why? Because you're aware, most people will not see, I can't even see this. Most people will see Paris in the spring. Yeah. You saw the, the spring. Most people will only, even though there's the, the there, they will only see Paris in the spring. And it's an example of how our brain will distort, generalize and delete information and will focus in on what it's being presented. And that's what the commercial market is brilliant at. Yeah, because it's having you only focus in on what they want you to focus in on. Right. Because if people are centered, healthy, calm, creative, they're not impulse buying. That's right. They're yeah. not saying, oh, I need, oh I need, that's the thing I need. Oh, that's going to change my life. They're not doing that. If, picture a world 
that we were visualizing in the meditation, a beautiful mm. world where everybody's living. And if, if things were going that way, then the economy is not going to be, you know, consumerism is not going to happen. So the economy really thrives on us staying in fight or flight. And the way our culture is built puts us there. So it takes something to say, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm mm. going to get myself out. And so the things that, you know, to, to try to start to put things in your day in, in a daily basis to return yourself. So looking at where your boundaries are, um, looking at how you're spending your time, multitasking versus stacking. So multitasking mm -hmm. is like you've got your computer up and then you're talking to somebody on the phone and the maybe the TV's on, right? Three different things that you really can't be doing at the same time because when I'm on my phone, I have no idea what you just said and I really don't know what's going on on the TV. Yeah. That's multitasking. Stacking is when you're mm -hmm. actually doing two things at the same time, but they, but you can do them together. So you can cook and listen to a podcast. Right. Listening to the podcast is not going to stop your cooking, right? Right. Or, yes. You know, yes. Or you can drive and listen to a podcast or have play a game with your kid while you're driving and be connected to your kid while mm -hmm. you're driving. But so that's right. Am I making that? No, I mean, it makes perfect sense because if you think about the splintered energy versus the coherent energy, things that go together versus things that exactly. splinter us apart. Exactly. So starting to mm -hmm. look at where can I stack my energy and my time, mm. but not be splintered, not mm. multitasking, get myself splintered, yeah. I think is really a helpful way to start to get some of some spa-ness in your daily yeah. life. Yeah. I agree. And I think it's, it starts with a choice. It starts with the boundary this and, and doing the stacking versus the splintering yes. or the multitasking. And yes. then always knowing you're never alone. We are all connected. The universe is 100% at ease. Everything you're experiencing in this moment, you're divinely meant to be experiencing. Even listening to us, there are no coincidences you're here with us right now. The messages and the words that you're hearing, you're meant to hear them. There are no coincidences. So if you're feeling a little out of sorts, or if you're feeling that you're looking for things to feel safety in, just become aware of it. Don't try to push it away. Don't say, don't think it. Just become aware of it and ask yourself, can I make a different choice here? Can I redirect what I'm feeling? What can I do? You know, take your power back, bring it back inside. What can I do to ground? You know, and sometimes I know, I think I might've shared this with you. My neighbors think I'm absolutely batshit crazy because in the middle of winter, I will go outside with my pants rolled up to my knees and I will walk on my lawn. Even if there's snow, bare feet. Yeah. Because the grounding is just, it, it just for me is sometimes just gives me those sort of quick jolts that I need. So any, it's just grounding back. Nature, any connection to nature and then the earth's, you know, the negative ions of yes. the helping to yeah. uh, take away the, the positive ions that from our EMFs and all of our static and our stress and music is a great way to return mm -hmm. to, to your I think next time I would love to in our next conversation, I know we were going to talk a little, you were going to do a little more health stuff today. I know we didn't get a chance to get to it. What was, you, you had mentioned you were going to do, um, was it the thyroid? We were going to talk about a little bit talk about thyroid and the parasympathetic nervous system and how that affects thyroid. Um, yeah, we didn't get to it. All right. So can we can we put that on topic for next conversation? Because sure. I'm really curious about that. And all of you know, as you started speaking about like the EMF and the energy and the grounding, maybe we could do spiritual day part two, where okay. we sort of go in. How does that sound to you? That sounds That's awesome. Good. All right. All right, guys. So Miss Linda, I am going to put in the comments how they get in touch with you. And it's organichealthjourney.com. Organichealthjourney.com is my website. Um, Organic Health Journey is the Facebook page. They could uh, go there and do a comment. So that's if you want to reach out to Linda, you can find her there at organichealthjourney.com. And if you are looking for me, you could always find me at Donna Rudowitz. Um, and then we'll loop around next time and we'll do that whole other second part because that would be fun i think sure. that'd be a lot of fun sure all right my friend all right any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share 
just, you know, just go out and um, I would say don't buy into the frenetic chaos. Mm. Yes, do but not buy into it. We, we, we don't have to buy into it. You don't have to join. You posted this. You don't have to join every argument. What was it? You, have to you, don't have to, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And that includes argument versus conversation. 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 Yes. Yeah. And, it's, and I think for me, what I would like to leave everybody with is you are never out of control. You are never disconnected. You may feel it. It's valid, but it is not the truth. That is feeling. It is not fact. Right. right. Your, your fact is you are 100% connected. The fact is there's nothing out of balance. The fact is all is well. Yeah. So even if you feel it, recognize it as a feeling and not as a fact. And the quickest thing that you could do to move yourself through those feelings is take an action, do something. So action reduces anxiety. So do, do take do a breathing, like Linda said, walk outside with your bare feet and go on the lawn, or you know, do a meditation, or like you said, take a that shower with no lights on. Have this, you know, so there's you have multiple multi stimulation that's going on for yourself. Um, it could be, I know essential oils for me, the peppermint. Sometimes I just do peppermint in my palms and I just breathe the peppermint in and it's a wonderful way to reinvigorate. So with that said, guys, have a great rest of the day and we'll see you guys in two weeks. So the next time we're meeting again, I don't have my phone, two weeks from today, which is November what? I don't know. Today's the fifth times 14. So November 19th? Sounds right. That's about right. But don't, if it, the day's off, then we'll, we'll see. All right, guys. See you later. Have a great rest of the day, guys. Bye. Bye.